Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to Fightful's AEW Rampage and SmackDown post-show for December 16th. I look like I'm under interrogation. I am not. I am just broadcasting from my parents' basement today, but I have Per some usual. I have some, Nerd. No. I'm not that kind of mark. <laughs> <laughs> my gosh. I may look like I'm under interrogation, but I have questions for Sean Rossap, as I'm sure a lot of you do. I'm also joined for the long haul tonight by Robert D. Felice. Dude, Felice. How are you, Kate? I'm doing so well. I love it when we get to stream together. Very, very excited that you are in this with me. We get to talk about some really fun stuff today, but we're going to start with the end of SmackDown so you guys can get your do-do-do-do John Cena questions in. For Sean, uh, so we got the news today, essentially, we're going to start with this. Uh, the end of SmackDown had Roman Reigns essentially setting up a challenge uh, between Sami Zayn and himself versus Kevin Owens in a mystery partner, but big theme in tonight's episode, solving mysteries immediately. We're going to talk about the other one that was on the show to maybe a less successful uh, avail, in my opinion, but John Cena is going to be joining Kevin Owens for that match next week, 
Get in those super chats. Get in those humper chats. Not next week. Two weeks. Two weeks. That's completely what I said. I was just mm-hmm. testing you in case you were rusty because you haven't been here in a while. I mean, if people uh, want to know what's going on next week, they can subscribe to FightfulSelect.com because in addition to having the plans for tonight's SmackDown, I had them for next week's SmackDown as well. And um, I'll have them for the double tapings on Monday too. Yeah, $5 a month, people. You don't even have to join the Lemon Starburst tier for that. Just $5 a month. But we do find this out. This is very exciting news. I really liked the way it got set up with John Cena saying, Kevin Owens messaged me with some inappropriate emojis as well as recognition of the fact that uh, this is the only year that John Cena has not appeared on WWE television, which I thought was a great lead into that because, of course, John Cena is going to want to do something about that streak. Uh, Sean, why don't you give us an overview and then we can kind of go through some of these super chats and humper chats. Get your super chats, humper chats in uh, right before, I would would say about an hour before uh, SmackDown went on the air. FightfulSelect.com, the best $5 in the business, had a report saying that uh, they were gonna. They were looking to integrate John Cena into the show before December 30th. Now, I didn't know specifically what that meant, but I was told a video integration. Well, this was the video integration. And uh, Rob Fee, who is the director of long-term creative for WWE, had sort of conjured up some more, some more buzz for the show by saying, you're not going to want to miss this week. And um, I would ask around and... You know, it was pretty tight-lipped until about this afternoon, this evening. But but yesterday I was told, like, they, they were going to get John Cena involved to some degree. I truly did not expect to the degree of announcing a match for December 30th. But around that same time, I was told, well, they want to make this show must-watch. Well, how do you make it must-watch? John Cena wrestles a match. And it's funny, I tweeted in September that this could be the first year John Cena doesn't have a match since he started to wrestle. And that was the crux of his promo. I'm not saying that they scan my Twitter for angles, but listen, when John Cena shows up and he tells somebody to post a picture of their mom wearing a lemon starburst Halloween costume, just say, I told you so. Just go ahead and say, I told you so. It's going to happen. If John Cena's out there saying he's going to slap you in the face with a tortilla or spit in your face or something, hey, I told you so, but um, John Cena is going to have a match. Uh, it, man, that's why. I mean, he doesn't have to do a lot, right? He can tag in, tag out, do a little bit of selling, attitude adjustment. Sami Zayn's probably taking the L here, probably eating the big loss. And um, I think that's probably all right, con- all, all things considered. But uh, John Cena wrestling a match in 2022, I didn't expect that at all. I, I, I mean, when I was asked, well, what do you think he's setting up on December 30th? I was like, nothing really, because his schedule looks pretty packed. Well, as it turns out, that is the setup. It's December 30th itself, and I think they'll probably add a little bit more to that. Um, the Ricochet-Gunther thing isn't stopping yet. They're going to be in the the, tr- the Miracle on 34th Street fight next week, which is... Yeah, I'm I'm actually excited to see Braun and Gunther in that scenario. I think that's going to be a whole lot of fun. But uh, I think they're going to probably add quite a little bit. Uh, I saw somebody say they got rid of day one, but day 364 is looking pretty good. I wish they would like sort of brand that as like a special show or something like that. But 
So there were three things that I wanted to circle back on and then we sure. can get to Robert's thoughts. And then, of course, everybody's super chats and humper chats. Get those rolling in. Uh, but just exactly that, right? We don't have a pay-per-view between now and Royal Rumble was one thing. So making something feel special. I know they always do that with those MSG shows, too. Like making something feel important between now and then other than the road to WrestleMania is is something that I think will be very helpful for, the, for them. The other thing was... I was going to be pretty bummed if the integration of John Cena on video was just going to be like tribute to the troops video package. Cause that would have felt super lame. I don't know if that was an intentional swerve. Cause we saw a lot of those video packages tonight, but this was a nice and refreshing surprise. Oh, at the end. I would have been embarrassed if it was just the tribute to the troops thing. And when I first saw it, I was like, this better not be what they were telling me about. <laughs> they like if the I ran a story, on Raw, I knew that was, that was an old video, so we were good. Yeah. Thank goodness. And then the other thing that's kind of cool is he's not only coming back, he's coming back into the biggest storyline in the country, arguably the biggest storyline in wrestling. And it kind of feels like an endemic way to do it. Normally, I feel like you would see John Cena slide into a situation that doesn't have that star power necessarily so you can spread the wealth but because this looks like it might be a one-off i kind of like it here maybe something gets yeah. set up for rumble or mania after that maybe someone comes to tax john cena i don't know but i kind of i kind of dig it like it it feels like it's gonna be a great way to collide all of the star power into one storyline but for it to feel organic because i i, I kind of dig this like uh we don't want that streak to end thing that feels like enough of a hook for as white meat of a baby face as john cena <laughs> to come back and wrestle so i'll take it but robert what are your thoughts and then we'll dig into some super chats and humper chats here so i thought that john cena was just going to come back announce that he was in the rumble to try to break that record and then set up something at the rumble for mania at this point maybe they set up him and roman for the rumble if you want a big match for the rumble and you don't want John in the Rumble itself. A match against Roman could be fun. I do hope he's doing something between now and Mania to set up for whatever he does at Mania. And I'd like to see him in the Rumble in a big spot. Man, there, there's so many people I want to see in the Rumble. Like, I want to see Austin show up and set something up. I want to see Shawn Michaels because Kevin Owens is trying to talk him into goofy shit. And listen, Sean ain't got to do much in the Rumble at San Antonio. Come in there, super kick, super kick, throw him out. I want to see Cena in it. I want to see Triple H put his balls on the table, figuratively, not literally, because literally it will get you the hell out of the company. Vince learned that. Uh, <laughs> but I want him to put his balls on the table and be like, this is how the Royal Rumble is supposed to be. Because I would mentioned this on a show earlier. Like I, I did the Inside the Royal Rumble features the last two years, and the, the promotion and build of that was me talking to people on the record who were in this match. Well, I'm going to do one this year, but it's just going to be about what a fucking train wreck last year's was. Yes. Like I, I got like a half a dozen sources because people were so miserable after that. Like I'd never seen morale so bad. So I think that, that triple H should really, really put it out there and be like, this is how the Royal rumble is supposed to be like this and, and do all kinds of cool stuff. I think you really should do that. I think it's important to uh, establish that for such a big marquee pay-per-view, especially if he's going to do what everybody is assuming he's going to do and get rid of a lot of the gimmick pay-per-views. So you need to make the ones that you do keep very special. 
Yeah, I could see an angle with Austin Theory and John Cena getting set up. I think John Cena's open challenge reign was some of the best work that's been done with that title in recent years. And I feel like Austin Theory is someone that could use John Cena's help in a in a really like valuable way. So I could see that maybe being something that gets set up maybe in the Rumble match itself. I love when they use Rumble to actually set up storylines coming out of it. Not so much the case last year, as you were alluding to in the feature that you're looking to write. But we do have some super chats and humper chats coming in. Joseph Kiray, Kiray, this is where I need my Spanish-speaking host, uh, <laughs> says KO's mystery partner has to be Sasha, right? <laughs> Don't think it's Sasha. We learned tonight, and Sasha was also not who attacked Zia Lee, which we'll get into that surprise. No, Zia Lee didn't get attacked. Zia so let's Lee. talk about let's talk about that shit. <laughs> In the midst of, of showing these kids how to vague GIF on Twitter, uh, last mm-hmm. night I posted a little teaser, black hoodie teaser. That's what that was about, the Zia Lee thing. But it was so funny because immediately... Chelsea Green started to trend on Twitter. Chelsea Green, at the same time, is messaging me going, hey, who was that? I was like, well, obviously it ain't you. And then everybody's like, it's got to be Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna Perrazzo is in that same chat going, who the hell was that? And by the way, she's still under contract. So uh, I thought it might have been one of the the toxic attraction gals. I thought that would have been really cool because they would want to be going after the tag interfere in that match, but... Well, Maybe that was too soon to happen. It became evident to me it was ILE because I got to look at the plans next week. Uh, FightfulSelected.com. And it's evident that they would they would have not needed to put her on TV to put her in the spot that she is going to be in next week. Uh, spoiler alert, guys. There's going to be... Uh, did they announce the gauntlet? They announced the gauntlet, Okay, yeah. Okay, no spoiler alert then. But to be in that, she needed to be on TV again. I mean, I guess... It's she WWE. Didn't need to last time, so, yeah, yeah, it's at WWE, so they could have just arbitrarily thrown her out there. But uh, yeah, as of now, Deanna is not headed towards WWE, uh, but Chelsea Green is. She's still playing dumb to me personally, uh, but like she's going back. It's been it's been done. The, like in the same conversation, I was told Emma, Mia Yim, Tegan, and Chelsea were all coming back, and three out of four so far. I just don't know when Chelsea's coming back. And yeah, but she, she is headed into back. that top stooge position for you. So <laughs> that does she's, she's fallen out of it. She's long gone. Now she won't tell me anything. Like True. she even, she even jokes. She's like, tell me when I'm debuting so I can have gear made. I'm like, why don't you tell me? <laughs> like, come on. If you're going to get accused of telling me everything, at least tell me. Yeah. That that's like not that. how this works. Unfortunately. But, well, nobody really cares about talking about John Cena, I guess. So, But we do have some questions about uh, Zia Lee. And because that is our first match of the night, we can actually dive right into that. But Sean Gardner saying, do you think they book a rematch for Damage Control's tag titles? Uh, running back Liv and Tegan for the tag titles? That's a good question. I, I don't know because I feel like we haven't really seen anything with the tag titles. Uh I feel like Tegan's not necessarily getting the reactions that they want her to, which is unfortunate. Um, She might just need like a little bit longer to settle in. Let's not forget. She did not have a very long main roster run um, before she was released. So main roster crowd just might not be as familiar with her as they were hoping, but they could run it back. Uh, It was nice to see the tag titles get defended, but overall I would just like to see there be a division. We see 
too many times where we see tag team titles without a division. Get Toxic Attraction up there. Make, uh, you know, Candice LeRae and somebody else. Call up Indy Hartwell. Make them a say, tag Indy's team. right there. They're not doing yeah, anything Do a, a women's the way tag team. That would be super fun. So I just hope they get a division because they're not. Um, maybe they will run this back, but... My gut instinct was that it was Carmella. I was very wrong. I liked Zaylee. They made her feel like such a big deal with those vignettes, and then they kind of didn't really do anything with them. They turned her heel for no reason, it felt like. So if this gets her to somewhere else, I'm about it. I just didn't think it was, like, the best thing in the world tonight. Yeah, there, there's a real lack of long-term stories. Like, they set up an awful lot of short-term stories. Like, you'll, you'll see all kinds of stuff, like where AJ's – in front of a, a truck and clowns Otis and they set up a match with Gable like for immediately afterwards, like they give reason for the matches that, that happen. Usually it's just that there's not a ton of long-term stuff. And that gets sort of camouflaged by the fact that they've got one of the better stories in recent memory with the bloodline going on right now, because that is such a really, really good one. And not only that, it carried over from one regime to another seamlessly and even got better, but Right now, there's not a ton of great long-term stories going on in WWE. And that's something that I did think that we would see more of. But I do think that that is sort of a compromise of having so many new, unique matches and all that. And I know that there were a lot of people saying that Triple H was disappointed in um, on in some of the new hires. He hired them for depth. That Like, he wasn't hiring these people to be world champions or anything like that. Like. Right. And he's booking them like he's the one that's putting them or not putting them in these situations. So, I mean, like you're only uh, you can only be as good as you are booked in a lot of senses and definitely in WWE. So like they're okay, now granted AJ, AJ Francis did fall on his head today. Uh, Triple H didn't make him do that. <laughs> but uh, I hadn't really heard that. I In fact, I had heard that they were pretty happy about the depth and being able to consistently do new fresh matches and things like that. Now, am I creatively satisfied with it? Not particularly. Uh, I think they could do a whole lot better, but I don't think that there's any great frustration. I know that Triple H was downplaying that uh, a lot backstage this week too. Yeah, I think as a fan, the tricky thing for me is I felt like it was so great there there were a bunch of new hires because I thought oh great Roman needs a new slate of competitors like he basically <laughs> burned through the whole roster and then we've seen a nobody new because Roman is barely around despite have despite having both titles so I kind of get that uh we've got another humper chat that came in from Ashton thank you Ashton saying everyone was expecting Chelsea Green I'm so disappointed this would have been so good uh it sounds like I mean, we kind of touched on it already, but it might be a, a not yet situation with yeah. Chelsea. So I, uh, you can't can't work yourselves into or shoot yourselves into works and work yourselves into shoot guys. That's on you managing your expectations. But I think it's a good thing for Zia Lee. It does kind of feel like that was a spot. And there's been so many people coming back that you might expect someone either from NXT because felt like there might be some people getting called up in that picture or a major return. So some people saying Sonia, some people I know were saying Carmella, because I think stature wise, um, not not too terribly different maybe than Zaya. But um, I'm, I'm happy about Zaya. It did just feel like a little bit off base in this. But Sean, did you want to stick around? Because we were, were kind of 
I mean, we can talk about the match if you want to. You're gonna. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye, pumpkin patch. <laughs> FightfulSelect.com. We're going to have a list of producers tomorrow. We got the plans for next week's SmackDown. We're going to have some rumor killers tomorrow. We got early notes on Bobby Fish. We talk about how he invented basketball. Lots of cool stuff. Where's the lie? I was just going to say that, Robert. See, this is why people like it when you and uh, I are together because we've got there's the synergy. synergy here, Kate. We do. We have the synergy. We also have so much more that Sean didn't even mention at Fightful Select. More details on the Mandy Rose situation more clarification around maybe what's going on with Sasha Banks. Nothing overly definitive, but you can certainly check stuff out there if you want accurate and clean details. Head over to Fightful Select and support us over there, would you? And feel free, of course, to support us with your Super Chats and Humper Chats. But we were kind of dancing around this Ily thing, and so let's talk about what happens in the match here. We did open initially with a Sammy and the Bloodline Building Sammy looking fresh, but I'm going to save all the Uso and Sammy stuff kind of for the end since it does tie into the Cena stuff that we were talking about. But we have a damage control versus Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox. The finish is that Zia Lee interference that we talked about and uh, EO Sky doing her patented over the moonsault from Sky onto Tegan Knox, who was attacked by the mystery, no, not a mystery <laughs> partner in Zia Lee. Uh, to be honest, I felt like this match was a little sloppy, but I think as Liv is kind of settling into this new never say die reckless persona, we might see a little bit of that sloppiness, right? Like that's, that's not the world's most surprising thing. And Tegan, I don't think was necessarily known for being like the cleanest technical wrestler in the world. That's kind of what makes this pairing a little bit fun. But while this was sloppy, I think the big thing coming out of this is Ailey. I'm not disappointed that it's Zia Lee at all. I'm a little more disappointed in the fact that like they said it was a mystery. And then Robert, within an hour, we knew who it was on a social media exclusive. And then commentary told us. So like right now you're telling me that Zia Lee is bad at being a, a mystery attacker person that she well, was found out very quickly and easily. <laughs> the way they did it on social media was fine. It's just the idea that you gave no time to let it breathe. You don't know, is she joining damage control? Is that the goal here? Does she want to succeed by joining damage control? If she does, she hasn't been watching Bailey go against Bianca Belair in any capacity. But, you know, I really, I think this is fine. I think anyone who wanted Chelsea is, you know, uh, Hulkamaniac working themselves into a shoot to Brony Mark, <laughs> whatever that tweet was, because... They're, they're not promising you Chelsea. I'm assuming that's Rumble. Xylee is fine. Give her something to do. I'm glad she's on TV because she got jobbed out of the Mae Ying thing. She got jobbed out of the first SmackDown run where she was the babyface protector. And then jobbed out of the second one where she was a heel. So let her do something. Do you think part of the reason that they stomped out the reveal and i probably should ask this with sean was on so sorry to people who might also have this question but do you think maybe part of it had to do with the fact that there are a lot of big names out there outside of chelsea green who could it could be maybe sasha banks maybe naomi maybe people were going to be worried or maybe they were worried because it's somebody kind of being repackaged and not somebody coming back they didn't want too much momentum to pick up so it didn't feel like a disappointment i think that's fair i think it's mostly the double taping aspect where you have to get out of the way 
my mind did go to Naomi because I was like, you're going to need, somebody's going to need to do something. And if uh, Sasha is not long for the world of WWE, then Naomi could be. But I like, I like the idea of it being Zaya. Now just follow up on it. Don't make this, hey, we put her in the gauntlet so she can lose and then disappear again for two months. Yeah, I agree. I think they need to have something consistent for her. I think she's a great talent. Uh, but I also agree with you about Naomi. She should be employed somewhere for sure. I think Naomi and the bloodline would be something that is awesome. Like she is such an underrated talent. And I feel like a lot of people said that. I think she showed a lot of people what she's capable of in that match against Charlotte earlier in the year. Um, I think that was certainly a women's match of the year candidate, especially on just regular television. Like that wasn't even a pay-per-view match, right? So really, really, really good stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I would also like to see Naomi back there. But yeah, uh, overall, this match kind of was what it was. Damage control retains. And we move right along. Uh, we do get a small video vignette of Matt Riddle essentially being written off TV via Solo Sokoa violence. Um, and we move on to... Oh, we got some. Sorry, my notes are out of out of sync with what is in the rundown a little bit. But we get You're a little in the dark. You would you say? I am quite literally, and, <laughs> and notes wise, myself in the dark. We get some really cool uh, ricochet and Gunther vignettes. I really liked that they created through lines through episodes with these little vignettes that don't take up a lot of time. When they're not cheesy, when they're not JBL poker games that ruined an episode. Uh, I, I dig this. They're so great, man. Like, I don't know what else you could say about that guy. Like, the man is sacred. He put Ricochet over really hard as one of the best high flyers in the game, but says that's just not going to be enough. Uh, I really, really like this. What did you think of these vignettes? Uh, these vignettes were great. You can use this. When Gunther's fighting Cena, you can use this when he's fighting Lesnar. These are the vignettes that you play for the rest of his career. These were fantastic. And they I are, think and I like more of that. Yeah, they're short and sweet too, like really, really to the point. And I appreciate that. Though it did feel like maybe we were trying to, because it was a double taping, I feel like these ones are always like, we're just going to keep replaying some other stuff. <laughs> but we move along to this Bray and LA night promo and kind of video package that we have going on here. Chidown Spurs is asking, is Uncle Howdy actually Warwick Davis returning to his iconic role as the leprechaun foot on stilts? I don't think that's who it is, but let's dig into what happened in this segment. I think it's really good. I was getting itchy for some further development here. LA Knight kind of snuck that in. And my thought was we need to get to the physicality piece. But what they did was kind of satiate us for something in between, right? And I appreciated that because I felt like something developed, even though these two guys haven't really touched yet. But we get this first-person footage beat down somehow that kind of looks like it was from the point of view of Bray Wyatt, or so we thought. Um, and we get Uncle Howdy quoting the three little pigs the creepiest way. But L.A. Knight saying that uh, he's been knocking on Bray's front door, but all Bray Wyatt has done since he's returned is cheap shot him, essentially. Hypes him up as being a former champion and a huge star, but 
basically since Brace come back, all he's been doing is rambling and not saying very much, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, really liked this from LA Knight. I thought, I think he's the perfect guy to kind of dress down all of the spookiness about Bray. And he knows how to do it without burying him, which is like kind of a delicate line to walk. And I think he's knocking it out of the park. But Bray comes to the ring and he says it honestly wasn't him and that they both know how this story ends. Knight attacks Bray in the corner and then Uncle Howdy appears in human form, which I thought was really interesting. I want to speculate with you wildly on who it might be. And I also want your thoughts on the segment. Is Uncle Howdy a personified version of Bray's darkest thoughts and fears? What, so, are, what are we thinking of here? So I'm really glad that right now, at least they're doing the, they're separate people. Because I wasn't a fan of, I'm Mr. Rogers. And then I put on the fiend mask and I'm suddenly the fiend. As far as like, what are we doing here? I do think, just wildly speculating, I think Uncle Howdy will be the person to eliminate Bray Wyatt from the Ooh, Royal Rumble. I like that idea. I I think that this could be interesting. I do agree with LA that he was kind of rambling on for quite some time, and we were really just stalling for any kind of development. I, I like the look of Uncle Howdy, the mask. Is very creepy. It's got, it's very reminiscent of a certain special someone to that family. And I think they did a very good job of, sure. of the face the more I look at the picture. But as far as who it is, I don't believe I want to recklessly speculate on that. Come on. That's what no. we're here to do, Robert. A lot of people think it might be Bo Dallas, which I think would be a very cool call. I'll just say that I appreciate that the. I don't want to call it costuming because that makes it sound kind of more gimmicky than it appeared. But essentially, he was outfitted to a point where you couldn't really get a grasp on like the shape of who's his body or anything, which I, I really liked. Uh, I saw people saying it was Alexa Bliss. I think it's a little taller than Alexa it's Bliss. Just but a, a tad bit, but then back to the stilts. A little uh, bit. A little you know, bit. No, I, I do think it's it's a brother Bo. If you you heard it here. Robert said he didn't want to recklessly speculate. Which no, means I said he's I don't. Recording that it's Bo Dallas. So I kidding. said I don't believe we should. Ah. So I tried to throw it in there, but I do think it's Bo Dallas, and I think that'd be really cool because I think they deserve it. You know. I mean, Graham B is over here saying that he thinks Uncle Howdy is Reggie, which I appreciate. <laughs> Let me tell the... you something, Graham B. I'm not on the Tuesday night show, but you know what I do do every Tuesday night? Cover NXT for Fightful.com. You know what I think is awful? Scripts. You know what I think is just <laughs> the worst costume I've seen in the last 15 years? Scripts. Somebody get that boy a better costume. Please. Okay, so you're not on the Tuesday night show, but are you? Have you seen Alex's scripts impression at least? I, I have not. It. So he did his scripts impressions when these vignettes started, and it kind of just weirdly started sounding like Jesse the Body Ventura. So now scripts is Jesse the Body Ventura, and he calls in pretty much every week. And he even made an appearance on the Wednesday show because Sean can't come up with original bits, and he needs to jack his stuff from me to make the show entertaining. All right. So that's why he got off Friday nights because he's intimidated by me and he has to Clearly. steal my bits and throw them on Fridays. It's honestly just 
it's a little sad to be honest. We have Tom LaValle as I sit here and bury my boss. I love you, Sean. Tom LaValle saying, happy Friday, y'all. Happy Friday to you. We got the best smile in the game we do with dude Feliz next to us. Back on Friday, we get the best things. Well, thank you. I think I can't see them really here. You're looking great. You might be in the dark, but you're looking great. Well, thank you. Thank you. In the dark, just like my soul. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. I'm... I'm a very happy gal these days. I got a new dog. Things are good. Things are cooking. Uh, Uncle Howdy might be behind you in that darkness, though. It's true. You never know, guys. I might just, like, get my ass beat in the middle of the stream. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Get those super chats in. Get those humper chats in, if you would. Because if there's anything you're going to want to talk about from tonight, it should be this, in my opinion. Holy crap. Ricochet and Gunther put on a banger. And Ricochet is on a streak of putting on, I would say, banger after banger after banger in the stylings of a Sheamus. Uh, His match with Santos Escobar was incredible. This match with Gunther rocked, especially the end. Like, the the closing sequences and that, like, last stretch of this match was so different than their previous matches. I really, 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 really liked it. Loved Michael Cole saying that Ricochet is quick like a puma. That was a really nice wink and a nod. We say it week over week and it's becoming more normalized, but commentary being let off the leash a little bit was wonderful. But ultimately, I love the way everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply that this ends there was a sequence in here where ricochet chopped gunther like pretty hard and then suplexed him and man if that baby face fire wasn't real but we also get a kind of like folded power bomb near fall in this but ultimately gunther comes out with the win here i kind of dig his new finisher i forget what the name of it is if you remember no i can't remember but it's cool it's it's a good deal um Gunther retains, that's not a surprise, but they gave this match a ton of time. They gave this match a bunch of care. Like, this goes back to the mid-card titles mattering a little bit. We got the cool vignettes. We got actual time. We got great wrestling in the ring. We didn't see Braun Strowman come out and, in my opinion, ruin everything. But (laughs) your red pants don't Control the narrative, Kate. Control. I'm trying. The last symphony is what it's called. Thank you. Yes, it is. And it rules. And I forgot to put it in my notes, but it's fantastic. Um, I I loved this match. I, I thought it was fantastic. I don't need uh, to see Braun Strowman at all. I definitely don't want him beating Guther, though. I think that might be the direction we're headed in. But either way, he and his very bright pants come Guther. in for the save. 
I hope not, but like the way they had Gunther running away scared from him makes me a little sick to my stomach. Maybe I'm just expecting the worst out of this, but uh, I either way, I find it funny that Braun Strowman is now coming in for the save with the flippiest guy in the business. But to that point, I actually thought that this match showcased a lot of his versatility, Robert. Yeah, I think that if the Triple H era ended tomorrow, the emphasis that he put on the mid-card titles is his legacy. Gunther has become an afterthought, and the Intercontinental Championship was an afterthought, and it went from that to Gunther being the most dominant Intercontinental Champion in recent memory. Um, I loved everything they did here. They made the tournament payoff. Ricochet looks like he can actually wrestle. Shocker there when he was, you know, one of the NXT four for quite a while with, you know, Cole Champa and Gargano. Um, I love everything here. I'm okay with Gunther and Strowman in a powerbomb match as long as the right man wins. And then we march towards either Gunther losing the title at WrestleMania to McIntyre or even losing to Brock Lesnar because, boy, that would be awesome. Or to Sheamus. That's she- feel like. You know, Sheamus too. I can go for one more banger with Sheamus. I think, yeah, and to, to in that glam category that he so richly deserves. Like, that match was so special at Clash at the Castle. I, I feel like they should do that. I think that also gives Gunther enough time to have a meaningful reign. There's so much you can do with um, Giovanni Vinci and Marcel Bartel's new name. Uh uh Ludwig Kaiser there it is <laughs> he's always Marcel Bartel in my mind uh but you can you can start to have dissension like you have enough time to let that burn if you do keep the title on him till mania I feel like that Sheamus is the right call you can do some more stuff with the brawling brutes if you want like there's a lot to play with there but also would not mind Gunther versus Brock in the slightest that's a really good call uh but yeah I think this was a whole bunch of fun. And then I think it moved into something that was so stupid, Robert. I'm sorry to say. You're such a wonderful, heartwarming, positive influence on these streams. You're always looking at the best of stuff. And I feel like that gives me a little leadway to say that this sucked. I hated it. (laughs) We have Hit Row, Legato Del Fantasmo, and the Viking Raiders. And I like all three of these teams, to be honest. I love Legato. I really like the Viking Raiders. I think Hit Row has a place if they're used properly on this roster that desperately needs to be filled. There's been a little bit of weirdness since they've come back, I think, in the ring. It very well could just be that they need more reps, but this had both production issues and was super sloppy. Everybody kind of talking about the dive that he went for it. Even Michael Cole was like, well, guess there's a reason he doesn't do that move very (laughs) often. Like even Michael Cole was like, I can't save you on that one, buddy, but there was some sloppiness all over the place, but the thing that frustrates me the most, because teams have sloppy matches, especially in triple threats, I think more than the most places, I don't get hit row going over here, and I kind of feel like that's me saying this meal sucks, but the portions are too small, because week after week I say, why did you bring back hit row if they're just going to lose, and now they win here, right? But at the same time, I don't understand why you put all of this production effort into the Viking Raiders with this new like look and presentation. And I really don't understand what you're doing with Legato to have them lose here, particularly since 
Santos Escobar and Ricochet had this incredible match a couple of weeks ago, and the momentum you decided to sustain from that were a weird DQ non-finish last week, and now this, where Wild gets pinned, uh, and it just doesn't feel like they're capitalizing on the momentum that I feel like Santos built because it had been kind of jilted since they'd come up. I think a lot of people learned who Santos Escobar was, and then they kind of immediately throw them back into this. Hope Top Dollar is okay. Uh, he tweeted out that he was doing good. Good. I mean, things happen. People catch their foot on the rope. It happens. Like, bocce matches happen. People sometimes just don't even... Like, there's some of the best wrestlers in the world just don't have chemistry with each other. Like, it, it happens. So my complaint isn't as much with that as it is in booking. What did you think of this triple threat? Um, I will echo your sentiments. I thought it was awful. Like, it's it's unfortunate because you want them to utilize their tag teams. But this was so paint by numbers. And so, okay, you look at the situation, you go... Oh, number one contender is it? I guess the baby faces are going over even after, you know, Top Dollar just, you know, botched the dive. And I do agree that I think that they put so much work into the Vikings and Legato is great, but Hit Row has to go over here because they're baby faces. And that is the only drawback to the Usos and Roman, Roman Reigns being so dominant is that they always need to. Uh, they always need to go up against the best baby faces, and the baby faces are going to lose. So I want them to all to lose their belts already so we can get a full-time <laughs> champion and tag team champions that aren't untouchable. I agree with that. And I also kind of just wonder, like, where's Los Lotharios? Things like that. Like, where where did some of the other teams go? Maybe there's people. I guess there's not, like, a ton of people that you can call up in NXT in the tag division right now, honestly. Like, they just sent New Day down there. because they're Well, they're going to call up pretty deadly, but outside of them, who else do you, do you call? Yeah. I think it's too soon for the Creeds, but they'll be good when they get there. Yeah, I think the Creeds will be... Somebody will take the titles off the New Day to transition them back to the Creeds, I think. They'll probably have one more run and then come up would be my guess, but... That is purely guessing. Uh, but I'm glad you echo my sentiments. Sometimes I think, am I too sour? Does my Tuesday sourness carry over? But oh, no. I mean, there, there's not too many ways you can look at this that come out <laughs> positive, you know? That's true. And it's not, I mean, look, it's not the worst match I've ever seen. It's not like if I, if someone saw this in my internet traffic that I would be embarrassed by it. You know what I mean? It's not like, I don't even want it searchable in my search history. It's not like I don't want it to be traceable anywhere in my internet connection. But hypothetically, if I did, there's a really great service out there that I could use. Yes, and sir. you should use the best in the business. And Sean Ross Sapp is here to tell you all about it. You don't want to get hit with a powerbomb symphony, do you? Not from your internet service. Not from your browsing experience. Nordlow is here to help. That's nordvpn.com slash Fightful. It's going to squash the competition with the fastest VPN in the world. Change your virtual location with just one click. No matter where you are, you get access to whatever content that you want. Thanks to nordvpn.com slash Fightful. 30-day money-back guarantee. Four additional months free. Block annoying pop-up ads. Block malware. Block online trackers. 
three great tiers, whether you want to pass a VPN, a locker, or all three. Browse safely and securely. All this with one app. You can control up to six devices with one subscription. How can you pass on this deal? You're going to end up saving money because of this, especially if you buy those UFC pay-per-views. Let me tell you, NordVPN.com slash Fightful helps you there, too. Check it out. All right, we're not going to skip over the fact that the man said Nordlow. He did say Nordlow. Nordlow, okay. Because if you're fighting the TV champion, the king of television, the god of television, sometimes that's streaming really on the internet and you need to protect yourself. So, And I it's think you Nordlow. just need to run away if you're going to go up against Samoa Joe in any capacity. I think so too. I don't think Nordlow's the guy that's going to run away, but... The jobber that he crushed tonight is, holy cow, we are going to talk about that. We are going to talk about AEW Rampage, and those conversations are even better when you guys get in those super chats and get in those super chats. And darn it, if you're like, there's not anything I super want to chat about, or I don't have the funds today, what you can do is leave a thumbs up ski on this video. We very much appreciate it. It helps people find us in the algorithm. The layout just changed, and it's terrible. And they've ruined our lives, and yes. we're all gonna we're all gonna be poor for the holidays. If you don't leave a thumbs up, that's not true. But we would really, really appreciate it. <laughs> oh man! Hey, I know we thought that last match stunk, but I also thought this interview kind of stunk. Raquel gets interviewed, and she has a broken everything, and she's like, no, it's personal. Even though the doctor said I'm not cleared, I'm going to fight through it. And then Rhonda and Shayna come and attack her, because of course they would. Because why wouldn't they? Because Raquel's an idiot. Stay home. Heal up. Your friend is hurt. She's not out here fighting to save your ass. Why are you out there fighting to defend her ass if you're also hurt? Hate everything about this. Not a fan. Uh, I also don't love it when they're like, hey, you should fight through injuries. Um, that's not great. <laughs> I think that's no. in poor taste. And quite frankly, I'm supposed to hate Shayna and Rhonda. And I was like, you know what? I respect it. That was really smart. I would do the same thing if I hated someone. And they were like, I'm going to fight you even though I'm injured. I would have been like, well, you're an idiot then. So I'm going to, I'll fight you if you want to fight injured. Uh, I do feel like I'll say this was one of the more like human sounding segments that we've gotten from Raquel. It wasn't so over the top smiley. It wasn't jilted. I think it helps that it wasn't like a quick backstage on the way to the ring. Like it was kind of its separate own thing. What did you think of this interview segment? Um, I've hated everything that Raquel has done since she's gotten to the main roster. I don't know what happened to Raquel Gonzalez, the dominant powerhouse from NXT. Yeah, she smiles a lot. That's fine. Um, okay, but did you I, know she has back muscles? She has back muscles, and they did you know they, that? they are phenomenal. And if you could make that a person's whole personality, I mean, Raquel would be on top of the world. <laughs> She'd but be she the can't. one. She'd be the one. We'd be the twos if it came down to back muscles. And I gotta say, I really want the person who was in the trainer's room with Rey Mysterio last week in the trainer's room at all times, because at least that person had the sensibility to tell Karrion Cross, hey, you can't be in here. Hey, can we get some security? This guy was just like, oh, well, I guess Rhonda's going to jump them now. I'm just going to watch this happen. No authority. And Rhonda gave some cheesy line about, oh, ice it, and she threw the ice bag at her. 
I'm glad Ronda and Shayna are on TV. They need to rehab Ronda as a badass going into Mania, which better be with Becky because the clock is ticking and we need to get that match in. I agree entirely with what you said. I've been trying to have some patience around this Ronda and Shayna thing because it should work. And I like it in theory. The execution has been a little clunky when you're like, clean up on I.O. Green when you beat up Shotzi. I think what they're going for is like those rascally DX moments. And that part of it doesn't translate. But I like like two badass in-ring assassins in the ring. What we have learned, I think, is that Ronda Rousey can be good in the ring. But she needs a ring general in there with her. Like, she can execute things, but... She's maybe not her, it's not her greatest strength to call things kind of on the, on the fly. I think we saw that with that spot with Shotzi, unfortunately, and we've seen it a couple other times, but like, I feel like there's also been times where we've seen Ronda look really good in the ring and it tends to be against more experienced opponents. So I think something with Becky, who I think is my God, just one of the best wrestling ring generals in general, like, especially since she's back, man, like, post baby the run that she's had and I didn't even want her to work heel and I didn't like the early heel stuff and I thought it was I I feel like in ring my god she's just been on another level so um so yeah I think that that could be good I'm I'm with you on that pairing should be like they should both be on tv and should be good so We've got a humper chat from Kylie. Kylie's so wonderful and supportive of us. She says Robert, or she says Rampage was fun and all, but the real main event is Robert. I've had a really oh, yeah. bad day. Oh, well, thank you. Had a bad day, Kylie. But to end it with the ability to see the smile of the most attractive person at Fightful. Sorry, Kate. Is <laughs> well, Kate's right here, so I'm not going to accept that because Kate's right here. Wow. First of all, thank you. That's very kind of you. Second of all, I don't have a problem with calling you anybody calling you the most attractive person at Fightful, but I do have a problem with the fact that people think that we have like a flirtation and a chemistry. So I feel like my role in this should be to get very jealous about the whole situation. So well, clearly, clearly, that's what you need to do. That's what the people want, Kate. It is what the people want. And I will fight you about it, even if my shoulder and my arm and my leg are broken. And I have all of Kenny Omega's injuries, too. And I have vertigo. I will fight for Robert DeVelisse's honor. <laughs> but that brings us to the main event. And we kind of covered this already with John Cena and Roman Reigns. But I do want to recap kind of what we were going over the whole night. Because this was a through line through the entire episode with Sammy and the Usos. Uh, they arrive. Sammy's looking fresh. He's got the man bun pulled back. He's cleaned up. He's looking good. This was kind of a fun twist. Jay is the one that says he thinks Sammy is going to become a full-blown Uso tonight. And Jimmy's the one that thinks not so fast. Kind of felt like they were leading into the idea that Sammy was going to get a major beatdown tonight. I felt like. Um, or at least that things are heading that way. Like there was a lot of tongue-in-cheek about this being a good night. Um, Roman says that he likes Sammy, but that he loves his family. And Jimmy wants to know what this whole master plan is later as Heyman is grinning like an idiot, which is always a fantastic call. They decide to call Pierce into the picture and Roman Reigns, man, ice in his veins, facial expressions, like this version of Roman Reigns is 
so money. And I love it in segments like this where he's just strategizing. And he says, like, look, I'm going to solve all your problems, Adam Pierce, right now. You're going to get slapped around. I'm going to fix everything for you. And they run this idea of Owens plus a mystery partner and Sammy and Roman by Adam Pierce. And Adam Pierce gives him the go ahead, throws out Royal Rumble as a possibility. And they say, no, 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 let's do it in a couple weeks. Uh, and then closing out the show, Roman says he hasn't been back with his bloodline family since war games. He acknowledges all of them and he gets to Sammy and he acknowledges Sammy too. But he does say, I can't really make you a full blown oos because Kevin Owens is an issue for you. And if he's an issue for Sammy, he's an issue for the whole bloodline. And then we get this tag match set up. And I love John Cena's vignettes. You guys know I'm a CM Punk mark, so it feels wrong to love John Cena this much in some ways. But damn it, if he's not great at this, this was such a fun way. And like I said earlier, like, I really, really bought into the setup of, like, John Cena seems like the kind of guy who would want to keep that 20-year streak alive. Like, that's enough for John Cena to show up to work for one week. And it's the perfect justification. And it's the perfect chess move from someone as smart as Kevin Owens. So I really, really liked what we went home with here. What did you think of the entire through line through the episode and John Cena coming back? So I think now I think it's too early to beat up Sammy because I thought the perfect time would have been war games and then Kevin picks him up and then we're on our way to WrestleMania where they will eventually win the tag titles. But this was fine. The segment with Pierce sent me through a roller coaster because first he says, I'm going to fix all your problems with Lashley. And I'm thinking, are we going Roman towards Lashley? And then he pitches the tag match. And then Pierce says Royal Rumble. And I'm thinking, God, I don't want a Royal Rumble without a title match. But as soon as they said uh, December 30th, I'm like, all right, now they shouldn't have announced John Cena because now I know it's John Cena. But they had no problem spoiling that themselves. This was way too Hulk Hogan of John Cena for me. Like, it was just so hammed up. Like, he needs to pull it back a little bit. I I guess he is a special attraction at this point, but I do miss the, like, direct I'm John Cena promos rather than the I'm really going to overact like I'm Hulk Hogan reincarnated. But I like the idea of the match. The match would be fun. Everybody here is great. Sammy is still friends with Kevin. He let that slip. I don't know how they're going to pay that off. I don't think it's going to be paid off on December 30th. But then again, we don't have day one. And we still got a long way to go before the Rumble. So maybe they do just to set us up for something going into the Royal Rumble. I know there were kind of rumors, none reported by Fightful, because we don't do rumors. We do clarified, verified facts the best we can. But I did hear rumors that Kevin Owens at Rumble, Sami Zayn at Elimination Chamber, and then Usos versus the two of them at Mania, which I think is actually a really, really, really fun cadence. I think you can get away with that in a, a pretty fun way. Um, and that feels like a good pace to to ride out the rest of the year a little bit. But I love this, like, they're putting Sammy in this torturous position where he has to pin someone he has a multi-decade long career with. The only thing I'll say, because I normally would agree with you on the Cena thing, 
because it was a video promo and at the end and it's his first time on screen in a while, I didn't have a problem with it being so hammed up. If he is that way in person, that'll kind of bum me out. I want like in person for him to be like, I know who you are. I fought you Roman Reigns. We're going to do this right. I'm going to come out on top this time. Like I want that fire in person video package. I didn't really mind, uh, but I, I hear you. I want, I want cool John Cena, not as you said, Hulk Hogan John Cena. Yeah, I, I mean, it's <laughs> it's just too heavy-handed for me. But I want I want Roman to take the fall on December thirtieth. He hasn't been pinned in three years. At this point, if Dwayne is the one that pins him, nobody's gonna be happy. If if Rock doesn't do it, I don't know if anybody will be happy with who does. If that person isn't Cody Rhodes, so I. Don't back yourself into a corner. Give it to John in a tag match because at least it's John Cena and it's a tag match. Sure. And while I don't normally like the idea of somebody wrestling both nights, I feel like the most productive thing they could do for the product is to clear out Roman and The Rock because you have to do it this year. You cannot do it a year down the line. And then to have him lose at least one of the titles to Cody, whether you split them or give Cody both because he'd be around and working, uh, that works. But you could do something really fun where uh, The Rock wins one and Cody wins the other and Roman all of a sudden is just reeling. Um, or you could just do head of the table, no titles on the line. Fighting I don't Cody think The Rock needs the, the titles. He doesn't, but they love to do that, Robert. I don't know why, but they're like... They did that with Cena and The Rock twice. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that one you could have gotten away with, except that they waited a year. I, they always, when it comes to The Rock, it should be straightforward, and they always overcomplicate it. Yeah, and with this, it's even more straightforward because it's so not about the titles; it's about the head of the table, which is such a cool story if you let it be. But we will see what is to come. But that brings us home on SmackDown, and we are going to flip over into Rampage. We've got John Moxley and Sammy Guevara with Tay Mello at ringside kicking us off. Rerun chimes in via Humper Chat saying Sammy and Moxley humps. Preston Vance's heel turn is just wonderful. Great use of JR. Boo for ejecting Bunny and Penelope. That was a hysterical spot at the end that we will talk about. But let's talk about this match between John Moxley and Sammy Guevara. Sammy. Taps to that crossfade choke that John Moxley loves to lock in. He kind of swung around a couple times, like to lock in the correct side a little bit. But aside from that, a senton through the table was a really great spot. The Spanish fly from Sammy is always great. Um, I think this was a match that Sammy Guevara really needed. And I'm glad it happened at Rampage because I don't feel like it was necessarily like, I don't want to say dynamite worthy, but I think there's, more valuable things you could put on dynamite, but I do hope people saw it because I think sometimes bring for me and to clarify, I don't give a crap about his personal life at all. He wants to, uh, I, I really, people get very, very weird about that stuff. I, I couldn't care less. I hope he's happy. I hope everybody is happy. <laughs> That's fine. I think he got done a little dirty by creative with the like, I'm out of a Jericho stable. I'm right back into Jericho stable after a messy storyline with Scorpio Sky. So part of it, I think, has been handicapped. But my issue with him in the ring is sometimes 
there's not like no selling in a way that um feels like he's like intentionally no selling but sometimes he'll no sell a move in a sequence that's a little bit weird like you should be more effective before you go pull off something as insanely athletic as he's capable of i think fighting john moxley really helped close some of those knowledge gaps i also love that the Blackpool Combat Club, man, those elbow strikes and those stomps are like their signature. I think it's so fun and effective. I think Moxley was like a better opponent for him than I even realized he was going to be because of the way he offsets that athleticism. What did you think of our banger of an opener here on Rampage tonight? So it was a tale of two, really a tale of two uh, years because I think Sammy had an awful year creatively and in every way. And I think moxley had the best year ever he solidified his place as mr AEW, and this is a good match for sammy to end the year on assuming if he doesn't get back in the ring because he had the best guy in the company in there with him he made him bleed from the ear it made sammy look vicious you know he even i think he kissed tay with the blood of uh, moxley and tay did a wonderful job of just shoving her, getting herself out of harm's way as Moxley comes diving in. Really enjoy stuff like that. And of course, Moxley wins. I honestly think Moxley should be trying to get MJF in the ring before the year is out just Ooh. to say, I've carried this company on my back. I know we don't do rematches, but I'm not just asking for a rematch. I've earned it. I, I want him back in the ring. That's kind of a fun idea. He does feel a little bit tied up with this hangman angle, though. I'm guessing that's something that is going to happen in February, the pay-per-view. That feels like a revolution-building feud. But we do see Adam Page come down out here, grabs the mic, but ultimately these, these two end up brawling. Surprise, surprise. That's a rampage staple is somebody coming out. And if not a whole gang of people, at least one guy is going to come in and confront you after a match. So. If not New Year's Smash, then uh, whatever the first one of January is, they're going to do a Lights Out match. And I think that's the only way you do it. Page isn't cleared. And that still gets you around because Moxley can lose that and still say, I haven't lost anything. That doesn't count towards the records. But this is a, a really shocking story because they're both such pure baby faces that you don't understand why it's so heated until you hear Page say on Wednesday... Yeah, I couldn't remember my son's name because of the clothesline I took. And now, you know, I'm coming for you. So Wednesday, I am not on Fightful. I'm at the Mark Order podcast. And I got to say, I feel like that promo from Paige and then the last one, which kind of became like his landmark. I feel like I just figured out my lighting and it's right here. And we're like an hour in. Hi. Um, It takes an hour. It does. I'm just going to lean into it. Hi. Uh, (laughs) That promo Wednesday and the promo of I'm anxious I'm depressed the meds aren't working but I'm still here we're like I feel like Adam Page has kind of unlocked something like there's just another layer of his appeal with this and even though they're both such pure baby faces they're such different baby faces I think that's the only reason this works uh but I'm with you it's it's kind of surprising that it does but I guess when it's rooted in something that's real that's pretty great, but you're you're right. That promo really kind of framed out what this this feud is going to be. Good stuff, man. Good. You know stuff. how you know how you send it home. Really, you have Paige, and I'm follow me here. I'm just fantasy booking now, folks. You have Paige sit down with Renee, and not like a, a live, just one of the pre tapes, and you have him say, 
I apologize, but I'm sending him home not remembering your daughter's name. Oh. And we did, and we're off to the races. That's fantastic. I was just going to say Adam Page wins and he holds his son in the crowd after, but that is... That is damn, damn good. I do want to call this out. It's not a super chat. And you should be sending in super chats on Humper. Yes, chat. you should. But I will call this out because I think this is good. Is AEW dot, dot, dot really good at face versus face booking? I really think so. And I feel like it's because there's a lot of diversity within those faces. Like not everyone's an underdog baby face. But like, man, I go back to Eddie Kingston and CM Punk. I'm like, there was not a more over face in pro wrestling than CM Punk. And then Eddie Kingston had people booing Punk by the end of their like first promo battle. And that was technically face on face. And those two beat the bleep and bleep and bleep and bleep out of each other. Like, my goodness. So I, I think when there's dimensions to the story and the type of face you are, or heel versus heel for that matter, if there's, if you're different enough, I think that you can really pull it off. And I do think AEW is exceptionally well at that. And I also think there's faces that maybe you don't do that with yet, but there's a lot of guys who have been doing this for a while, Robert. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've got, we've got some pros sitting around. So like AEW, because here's the thing, unless your name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman, nobody's really a definitive heel or a definitive baby face. You got a lot of people who can just play both sides of the aisle again, unless your name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And that's what makes him special at the top of this company, because now you will tell different stories than you did when it was Paige or when it was Punk, because he's the only guy who says, no, I don't want your sympathy cheers. I want to be booed. So, yes, they're good at face versus face booking, but that's mostly because that's the way they've structured their whole company. I agree with you, and I think... There's something really awesome about how you can have the same character and just tweak your perspective and they book you different and that's it. It doesn't feel like you're a completely different person in your presentation, which um, isn't always easy to to accomplish in wrestling. So good on them. We've got Graham B chiming in saying Excalibur said clavicle that I blacked out. <laughs> So did William Regal. We do. We do show some clavicle on the show. That's usually with my other co-host, but... Uh, but yeah, man, sexy clavicles out all over the place. All right, We're I, I wouldn't know what, for the holidays. <laughs> what's what's poor Excalibur gonna do without his, the love of his life? Worst, on, you know, worst thing in wrestling long term storytelling history to not get paid off is that Excalibur and William Regal didn't smooch. Now never. wrestling is wrestling. You never know; they could cross paths again, but they owe that to us. Okay. They owe it to me. They owe it to you. Those two really should do. be smooching. They really should. Because, you know, I love love. And I think love should win. And it needs to. Love should win. And if there's any, if there's a reason to open the forbidden door between AEW and WWE, if it's not for the love of Excalibur and William Regal, what is? What is? But we sure. move along to the Soraya promo. Uh, Matthew Bukowski asks for our full thoughts on the Sasha situation, if any. Um, we get a promo here from Soraya reminding us that she's coming for the title, basically. That the state of the women's division is stronger than it's ever been, essentially. But we do have this outstanding date 
hanging out there in January of who Soraya is going to tag with. I don't have any thoughts on this except to say that if if it's not Sasha, they need to announce it ahead of time or Tony Storm returning, Thunder Rosa returning, whoever it is returning is going to feel like a letdown. If it is I Sasha, think, don't announce I, it. <laughs> I think it's Rosa. Rosa said she was shooting for January. Brits on the other side. The champions on the other side. I think it's Rosa. Everybody's going to want Sasha, but I think Sasha's going to do one thing first, and that's confront Jade. If she's coming, I think it's it's solely to confront and beat Jade. That could be super, super fun. I do feel like that is kind of owed to Chris Statlander in a way, but if Sasha Banks is walking into your company, you give it to Sasha Banks. I also think it's very possible. If they're willing to give the women three matches a week, which is not a lot, people, Sasha could be your inaugural tag champ alongside Naomi, someone else you want to get over on the roster. God, give me Sasha and Willow Nightingale as tag champs in your company. Like, holy crap, that would be so much fun. But that's kind of a fun, not dig at WWE, but like what a better way to cement an entire women's tag division than to have Sasha Banks be one of your inaugural tag champions. That could be such a blast, man. But yeah, if Sasha comes over, that's... um. I don't want to say like WWE effed up or anything, but it would be a shame if we never got a four horse women match or, or like if it got done in a stupid way, like they did with the shield where they were like, here's this TV special that John Moxley's going to make $500 on, which is like a jobber rate. And <laughs> I think WWE needs to learn. And that's why I'm so to go back to what I was saying with Rhonda we need to get to the Becky match because WWE is obsessed with, we got time, we'll get to it. Learn that there isn't time. You might not get to it. Do it now. The fact that we never got Sasha and Bailey at WrestleMania is wrong. I don't care if they did it a hundred times elsewhere. It should have happened at Mania. I think. Yeah, particularly Sasha, in a year where... Bailey and Sasha put the entire company on their back through the pandemic. That was the only thing going that was worth watching alongside. I would say Zelina with Andrade was also really great at that time, but there were points in the early pandemic stages when wrestling was figuring itself out that Bailey and Sasha were the only thing that was exciting on WWE television. And then Bailey just like ate a spot from the Bellas for no reason. It was like, yeah, that, that was, was not the, the way worst. to go. That was the worst. But we have Doc Mueller, Chris Mueller, who does wonderful work for Bleacher Report. We encourage you to go support him. He's always supporting us. So go do the same. Go follow BR underscore Doc. Doc, I believe, yeah. I think. Okay. <laughs> I was like, let me, <laughs> let me plug his Twitter. I don't know it. Uh, he says, if Regal and Excalibur end up on a show together... And don't run into each other's arms in slow motion. Then what are we even doing here? I agree. I need it to be them running into each other in the airport. Like Excalibur's waiting for him with flowers. And like you have a very dramatic run across. Chris Mueller correcting us. BR underscore doctor. So there you go. And I will say what I said on Wednesday night. Which is that if you have any issues with the Bleacher Report app. Please DM him specifically. He's the guy to fix them. He does not write incredibly compelling work and features. And I have been told interviews. that that's true. And it you know, at the end of the day, he is a doctor. 
He so is got to fix something. He can do surgery on the app, I'm told. That's so right. definitely don't go read and support his incredible written work. Definitely just DM him when the app is down. So, uh, but good stuff, man. I'm, I'm excited. I, for some reason, like my gut says Sasha's not going there, but I never would have also thought that Cody Rhodes would be going back to WWE. So what the heck do I know? I know. And I would say the fact that AEW has a working relationship with New Japan makes this a whole lot more interesting, Robert. But we move along to this FTR promo. And guess what? Dax broke his ass, it turns out. Uh, FTR. I There's a couple of things I really liked about this. We get... FTR saying that they're disappointed that they let the crowd down. It wasn't even just that they lost to the Briscoes and that they didn't win the AEW tag titles against the Acclaimed. They let the crowd down. Dax broke his ass. And they also say that those rascally ass boys have been running around. (laughs) Running around making their lives a living hell. And it looks like we're setting up for that. And I feel like there's way better uses of FTR on my television program. However, I liked the promo. I really liked that Cash was the one to have the mic to start. I feel like this is normally like, sometimes there's a bit more of an emphasis on Dax Harwood and sometimes there should be. Like that guy deserves it so much. But sometimes I think Cash Wheeler gets a little bit left off to the side and he's a great wrestler and a good promo and he deserves time on on TV for that too. Um, and I also loved that Dax said that his daughter was like, why do you, why do people like you so much? That just popped a huge. Cause I was like, kids, man. <laughs> yeah. The, just the, the pure audacity of children just to say whatever comes into their mind, they had no filter and that's what you need sometimes. And I imagine when you're bleeding from a double dog collar match, that is a very sobering reality of like, yep. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me grounded in reality and these guys are great they're the best tag team in wrestling uh dax got to be a single star this year cash is also a tremendous single star in his own right help train edge which is how much more can you get than being better than that i think them working with the ass boys would i rather see them working with the young bucks of course, but I'd also would have rather it have been FTR and CM Punk against the Elite. We don't get what we want sometimes. They're going to work with the ass boys because they probably really want to put over Austin and Colton and help them get ready on their journey. Yeah, and I'm wondering when ROH TV opens up too, if we're going to see the ass boys down there. So it might also be good of like, the Briscoes faced FTR. The Ass Boys are going to face FTR. Like maybe drawing a parallel with that would be something that's really good. Um, but I'm with you, and I think FTR and CM Punk should be called the Brett Line. That's that's awesome. I'm so funny. No, uh, <laughs> move along. We have a hopper chat coming in from Meet Normus, who is always very supportive of us, and we appreciate it. Saying happy Festivus, Fightful Faithful. Happy Festivus to you. Happy Festivus to you. I got a lot of grievances, you know? I got, yeah. And most of them to me were about that hit row uh, (laughs) (laughs) triple threat with Viking Raiders and Legato. Uh, But he also says, I was looking forward to the Valentine's Day Dynamite with the first gay wrestling wedding of Regal and Excalibur. Oh, well. 
Never did I think we would have a show where there were more super chats and humper chats about Excalibur and uh, William Regal than there were about John Cena while Sean was here. I think that really says a lot about how powerful their love is. And I it's, appreciate it's it. It's so true. And for those specifically, please, humper chats, because, you know, fit the mood. Yeah. Normally we're like, oh, we get to keep more of the rev share. But at, this, the mood, guys. at this time, yeah, it's, it's more about the vibe. But... We move along from Dex, the axe broke his ass, to Preston Vance's sit down with good old JR. Great use of JR. Felt like he was better on commentary tonight overall. I think it helps to have him have some days off. I think JR being fresh is a very, very good thing. I've really liked the dynamite announce table the way it's been. So no complaints from me on that. But this sit down is great. I feel like this has always been JR's strength at AEW is these kind of backstages, having him and having Renee. What more could you ask for as a fan for segments like this? But Preston Vance just saying, man, I was the one that Brody Lee hand-selected. Everybody else was kind of just around here getting into it with uh, with negative one. Call it shooting on the kid, man, saying that no kid should have gone through what he went through, but he's turned into a selfish little brat, I thought was some pretty powerful stuff and just saying that the dark order are his brothers. This new stable is, is his real, his real brotherhood. Um, I, I thought this was really strong. The delivery of it felt a little bit stilted at some points, but I love the justification for why he turned on them, like bringing Brody back into it. And then God, if you want heat, you shoot on the kid. Right. So good, good stuff here. What did you think of the sit down? It was good. Uh, yes. JR is always, better at these than anything else. I think it does help to have JR focused and maybe with the morale being high, maybe Jim Ross comes to work in a better mood. You know, I, I can imagine at at his age, seeing the things he's seen in the industry, maybe if the morale's high, maybe sometimes he just doesn't want to put on his best, you know, best working hat. But this was fantastic. Preston is good. He needs more work. Yeah, he's seeing his face. I don't love him in LFI, but he's a good substitute for Andrade while he's healing. And it's another blow to the Dark Order that I really think at this point needs to fully disband. And just the only one who should have the right to bring it back together is Brody Lee Jr. And we can cross that bridge when the time comes. I would argue that Stu Grayson would be another great person to have it come back together. I was so excited when he showed up in Canada. I thought maybe he was coming back. I also think Stu Grayson as a singles wrestler in ROH could be one of the coolest, nastiest runs you've ever seen from a wrestler. I think about like him versus Josh Woods, him versus Claudio. Oh my God, like put that into my veins. But I miss Stu Grayson being on my screen. I agree with you about the Dark Order, if not disbanding some clarity, at least... Uh, is there a tag team with Silver and Reynolds or is it a trio with the three of them and Uno? Like define it for me, but I was very glad to see the Dark Order on my screen when this turn happened in a storyline that was theirs and they weren't just running around as henchmen for Adam Page or anybody else. They were, they were like, were those henchmen for one point? Really, really like that they're getting their own story. I hope the clarity is soon to follow. So we move along to Britt Baker and Sky Blue. 
Britt Baker wins here in what I thought was a better match than I was expecting. I don't know, not that I was expecting it to be anything other than really good, but this this was kind of a standout for me. Britt won with a thrust kick that was followed up by a curb stomp off the ropes. They just seemed like they had really good chemistry, man. They seemed really loose out there. Like it, they seemed very, very comfortable with each other. And Sky Blue, for as young as she is, is a damn good wrestler. And I like seeing her get reps here. She could be another person that's in the ROH division if they aren't going to get her more reps, but we haven't seen her on screen a lot. Uh, what did you think of this match? So first of all, to your point, I'm very worried about them splitting the women's roster in two because they haven't shown uh, efficiency with booking one women's roster effectively. So uh, aside from that, I thought this match was great. Britt Baker is AEW. Sky Blue is the future of AEW, hopefully. Britt looks great here. She doesn't need to use the lockjaw because she's working with someone who's not as experienced. But it's always a pleasure to see her work because, much like Moxley on the men's side, she's the staple of the division. Yeah, and I think it's been really good. It feels like AEW trusts the women's roster outside of Britt as far as being around the title picture, as far as being in big spots, like that they have pieces that they trust a little bit more now. So it lets her go out there and do things like this of help Jamie Hayter along a little bit. Not that she needs it, but to be there peripherally is something that's really great, right? To just have a match with Sky Blue that's like this kind of, even though Sky Blue loses, she's facing somebody high profile. So the reasons you put all that equity into someone like Britt Baker so that you can pay it off and do stuff like this. So having Tony Storm around and Athena in this really cool heel role and Jamie killing it and um, Tony Storm before she broke her nose and Ruby Soho coming back from breaking her nose. It's really, really nice to see the growth that we've gotten there. Would you consider that Tony Storm's run only started in August from where they were then to where they are now feels like a 180 to me. And it's very fun to get on this podcast and not complain about it every week. It makes me very, very happy. And it's really a shout out to Tony and shout out to Jamie for putting the division on their back. Thank God that Tony is labeled a lineal champion because that was yes. only the right thing to do. It was so unbelievably valuable. I feel like, not that Britt was bad in the ring, but I think her strength as character and because her reign kind of felt like Challenger of the Month Club-ish, that was a really, really good. It was a good run to get us to where we went, but I think Tony Storm being like, really really strong in the ring and having the character skills like she feels kind of extremely well-rounded with every facet of it so when you kind of threw her into all these different situations and you started to care about the context you were putting her in a little bit more than you were setting up these challenger of the month situations for brit that was like a short but incredibly productive title reign so huge huge credit to tony storm for that 100 percent butts Hey, Wardlow murdered someone today. Yeah. He murdered Exodus Prime, calling this a match as generous. It was just a powerbomb symphony. And Wardlow calls out Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe appears on video, the king of television, the god of television, the hero we never knew we needed, but always knew we needed. Samoa Joe says, nah, man, we fight on my terms. We are going to get this match, I think, next week. Maybe Louise can confirm that for me. Yes. No, um, uh, Holiday Bash. It's on the 28th. Holiday Bash. Of course it is. I was just a week early with all my bookings today. I thought that about Cena. 
No one's going to burn that stuff going into the holiday. What am I thinking? New Year's smash. Sorry, 12-28-2022. Luis is so good to me. God, always making me look good. Always making me look like an all-star. Uh, I am loving this. I did not think Samoa Joe was going to win the title. I didn't put together that he had both TV titles until he started doing these promos, and I love them. I said this before. Like, I don't know if there's a more designed for Kate wrestler than Samoa Joe. Eddie Kingston's certainly on that list. Kevin Owens, but like, there's not many of like this guy does everything that Kate loves about wrestling very, very well. Um, so I'm extremely excited about this title run. They desperately needed like a really big heel that isn't MJF, I think. So. I'm I'm loving this. I don't even care if he kind of hot potatoes it back to Wardlow. This version of Joe and Joe working heel on my screen is a very healthy thing. Robert, what did you think? Joe needs to go over first. Well, first of all, poor uh, poor Optimus Prime. What's his name? Like Exodus Prime. Poor, poor Exodus Prime was turned into a tree by Wardlow. He just completely planted into the ground. Um, I love Joe. I think Joe is one of the best in the world to ever have done it. I'm glad he's getting this run. He's going to be on Honor Club. He's going to be on Peacock. He already is on Peacock if you have the network stuff. He's on TBS. He's everywhere, and he deserves it. And damn it, he's so good in the ring. He can't lose yet. I have a I have a vision of uh, Jungle Boy beating him in the Cow Palace. He can't lose to Wardlow. I like Wardlow, but he doesn't need the TNT title. He needs to... Just kill people until he gets to max. And I then, was just going to say, there's such a natural lineup for MJF right there, too. And they can lean into all of the real life stuff, which is great. But circling back to the ladies, because uh, Tom LaValle says, Sky Blue is great. She's improved so much this year. That is true. Absolutely. And then my rundown says, Sheeta and Hater face off afterwards. My bad, Luis. Luis, I just put you over as being so great you don't have to call out yourself for that stuff i should have remembered i watched the show you know you don't have to you don't have to shame yourself for that but yes we do see sheeta and hater with this face off afterwards i'm so excited for that i know myself and a lot of other people have wanted to see sheeta on screen more um and she's a former champion it, it just makes a lot of sense i don't think that's going to be a super long-term story but it's certainly one that i'm interested in and one fun thing is, Robert, they beat the ever-living shit out of people, the two of them. So seeing them collide, I think, is going to be a whole heck of a lot of fun. Does that pique your interest? Yeah, well, yeah. First of all, don't put them in the death slot. Put them on yeah, at, like, no. age 15. Let them have a good match. And I think you'll get one of your best women's matches of the year. Uh, I think you're right. I think that is going to be something that we talk about for a while. Me, Norma's asking me if I'm in Alistair Black's closet, do you want someone to pick a fight with you? If I'm in Alistair Black's closet, you guys should be trying to save me because I'm about to get my ass kicked or Julia Hart is going to mist in my face. But in reality, I am in my parents' basement. And because I am a naive, silly little goose, as Dalton Castle would say, I brought all the things that I needed for my setup, but I forgot the converter piece that actually plugs into my laptop. So, doop, my uh, bad. Uh, but thank you for your concern. I am not um, beheld by the House of Black in any way. Uh, Chris Mueller 
who we said, again, a reminder, if you have issues with Bleacher Report, reach out to him directly. He said, Exodus Prime is an awesome name for a wrestler. It is an awesome name for a wrestler. It is. He didn't get to, we'll say, like, show a lot of what he's capable of today, but he, we know, can take a bump because he took a powerbomb symphony. Didn't really do anything else today. So, um, Luis, I think did there was the Jade segment here, right? I don't think that is it. Yeah, there was right. the Jade segment where... For some reason, now she's now her and Red Velvet are salty at each other. Why is she just losing the baddies one by one? I think it's starting to look like Layla Gray is the mole. Ooh, and she's because she wasn't a baddie. So at first, Jade wasn't even really into having her around, and now she's just like, I like this one. I got rid of Kira, um, Red Velvet, and her seem like they're about to start fighting soon. I'm not crazy about it, but if she loses the baddies, I think she's close to losing the belt. Yeah, I was going to say, I kind of like that for the downfall of Jade, because one thing that is tough with Jade is she's like a very likable heel. Like, she's going to need to be a face, I think, at some point soon-ish, because people love rooting for her. And you can root for heels, I know, but the idea of her you know, losing the baddies and becoming vulnerable, I think is really, really interesting. And I think, I don't think she loses to any of the baddies, but I think whoever's coming up right around then could be really good. Like you start to see layers of, of Jade get peeled away. And she also keeps little, this feud with Bow Wow going, I guess, uh, which is. I, I really think that that's just leading to Sasha. I just, I don't see anything other than, this has to lead to a somebody who has more star power than you, and there's not many more in the world than uh, Mercedes Renato. Agreed with that. Um, kind of has to because I don't think there's like a whole lot of like, oh, sick bow wow, uh, and Jean fighting thing. But she also says that she's going to have her lawyer, Smart Mark Sterling, reach out. And I was kind of like Sterling is still employed by her. I mean, he's doing very well for himself. Stays busy. Just like a little weird. Just like a little weird. We haven't heard from him in this picture in months. And she also fired Stokely for no reason. We never got a war of words and I'll never forgive them for that between Stokely Hathaway and Smart Mark Sterling. She fired Stokely or Stokely was just like, I was never really your publicist. I never, you know, I never needed you. I was just using you to get in the door because my buddy MJF is here. But Sterling, she seems to just pull out as needed. Like he showed up randomly just to go, hey, Kira, by the way, you're fired. And then disappears. Yeah, just I I would prefer some consistency on my screen, I think. With that. Feels kind of weird and random. But uh Louis said, my God, I need some sugar cookies. You don't need them, but you deserve them, Louis. I will tell you that much. But we got a fun pre-match interview with the Blade saying that he would cut Cassidy's guts out. And my gosh, this stuff with Mark Henry and everybody and best friends is just so much fun here. What a blast. Tom LaValle saying, 1-800-SEE-YA. Love Butcher and Blade's promo so much. Underrated, not on my screen enough in, in this capacity. They're always kind of like henchmen or just throwaways. Love Butcher and Blade. Um, and that is a great line. 1-800-SEA. I will be co-opting it and stealing it and probably using it on Twitter for when people are mean to me. 
Kevin Sensei saying, here's a tip for the on-screen shout out. Uh, oh, thank you. He sent in a humper chat because we had a free read before. I, that's really cool of you. Thank you so much for doing that. Look at you. That's awesome. That is. Thank you. That's really cool. That's actually really neat. Uh, for later, the Eddie Guerrero spot in the main event gave me a hearty guffaw. We've seen a couple of Eddie tributes. We saw a four-way one on SmackDown a couple weeks ago. Uh, but this match was a whole lot of fun. Trent Seven being on my screen is a blast. The most important part of this, I feel like, is right at the start, which is that we saw the Trent's facing off. And that's what everybody in the world needed. We needed Trent versus Trent hitting each other. Trent Uno versus Trent Seven, I guess. I don't know what number Trent Trent. Tramperetta is, but hard hitting strikes and chops. This match was a whole heck of a lot of fun. Sometimes I think eight man matches in AEW can get a little messy, mostly because their referees sometimes just don't do their jobs at all. But Dustin wins with the Bulldog in Texas in his hometown. Love the hometown boy going over. Thought this main event was a heck of a lot of fun. What did you think? It was really fun. Uh, Dustin hit a great destroyer, mostly because, you know, Kip was right there for it. Uh, Trent Seven sold that bulldog as though he was Rob Van Dam taking an RKO. And I just <laughs> maximize your minutes. If you're on TV, you might as well sell a bulldog. Like, you just got to try out a cannon. Um, I think the spot of the match was Cassidy and Danhausen pretending like they got punched in the nuts. And the worst referee in the business... <laughs> the AEW referees don't have a lot of control as is, but um, there's just never any real control when it's Bryce or Knox. And these two, they're just constantly just like, okay, I guess I'll just go with what I see here. And by the way, why wouldn't you call for the bell if they kick people in the nuts? But I guess whatever, you make the rules up as you go. And Bunny and, and uh, Penelope out of there. And then Kip Sabian punched Danhausen in the balls, which I thought was quite funny because, hey, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You know, and great match, great spotlight for Dustin. Always good to see the heels that were in this match actually on TV. And this is good all the way around. I imagine we get a one-off of like a Dustin versus Cassidy for the All-Atlantic, just because why not? And hopefully the heels can stay on TV in some capacity, but yeah, this is fun. Adore uh, Bunny's facial expressions when she's in spots like this. She's an absolute riot. Her Penelope Ford uh, making the boys thirst tonight, uh, or anybody that's attracted to the gals, and even ones that aren't. I think we were all a little blown away. So uh, good on them, but a fun way to go home. A fun way to go home for sure. That is the end of Rampage. Before we close out, I did want to ask you, because it feels like Rampage is becoming like, hey, the main event is Orange Cassidy's title match. I love it. Like, I, I find that a lot of fun for a while. There it felt like the beginning of Rampage was Adam Cole's spot. Uh, do, how have you felt about this Orange Cassidy title range? Rage? How have you felt about this Orange Cassidy title rage in general? It hasn't filled me with rage, but, you know, I yeah. hope that it stays consistent for whomever is the all inning champion. I think it's a good spot for them. I do too. And one thing that's so fun about Orange Cassidy being perpetually over is he can kind of drop it at any time and it's not going to matter detrimentally to him. I hope he drops it to Miro because that would be really, really fun if he's ever going to come back on my screen. But guys, so I think, 
Miro just did an interview with Muse TV and said, I'm basically sitting and waiting, which is wild to me. But if I had to uh, recklessly speculate fantasy book, I think Miro is going to be Claudio's first major RA challenger. Ooh, definitely don't hate that. Um, one of my Wednesday night co-hosts also threw out the devil himself, MJF versus the Redeemer could be very fun. Oh, you know, that would be a lot of fun. That's not bad either, because I think he's going to be pretty face when he comes back. People want to root for that dude. Uh, but that closes out our show for tonight. Guys, if you could leave a thumbs out, up on the way out, we would so appreciate it. But my dude and dude crime, where can the good people find uh, you? Wow, the good people can find me everywhere. You see it on the screen, at Dude Felice. That's Instagram, Twitter, Twitch really any of the social medias you can find me writing wise you can find me here on fightful find me on wrestle zone you can find me on inside the ropes uh, you can find me every week now doing the job guys podcast with dominic d'angelo over on wrestle zone hopefully i'll be here on camera a little bit more too and i'm looking forward to some other stuff i got in the works Shout out to Dominic D'Angelo. He's great and uh, little known cousin of Tony D'Angelo, of course. From This is from true. Spitting out all the facts about our friends in wrestling media tonight. But when I'm not in my parents' cave, you can also find me at Miss Kate Fabe on Twitter and on TikTok. Kate Instagrams on Instagram and Miss Kate Fabe on Patreon. Free to interact on my Patreon. There's going to be paid tiers coming in the new year if you want to support me financially. You can also do a pay what you want tier, which is available now, but not a lot of extra wrestling content because I feel like we're oversaturated with that as is. So building a community, having fun over there, but plenty more to come. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Have a safe and wonderful weekend. We're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.